Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Okay, well, welcome once again to Banter. We've got a uh, yeah special guest today, Mr. Keith Jobbins. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Murray. Yeah, <laughs> we we're just talking uh, off air. You've been uh, whittling away, or that's that's the wrong term, I think. Oh, it's wood turning. Wood turning. Sorry, right? yeah, I'm sorry to offend you. Whittling not, is for offended. the uh, the amateurs. This is some professional. Well, whittling's generally a small, uh, sure, and often not. You don't need a machine to do your whittling. Yeah. Whereas for wood turning, you need a, a lathe to actually turn the bit of timber. So yeah, you yeah, can yeah. find out what God's put in there that needs to be released. It's very Michelangelo-ish, mate. You I know, love it. Finding you know, David. It's David, yes, <laughs> who was in this bit of wood. <laughs> so I, love I haven't that. found David yet, but yeah. it's been, it's been yeah, interesting. Well, you know, Creative, actually. Yeah. You might not be the Michelangelo yet of wood turning, but <laughs> you're getting some uh, special requests and patronage <laughs> works. Well, yeah, it'd be nice if there's... Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, I've enjoyed it since really finishing kind of more full-time ministry my role it's been and it just gets me a chance to relate to a group of blokes in the mm. men's shed at Dural and that's just uh, just you know just rubbing shoulders with people chatting what's happening in life yeah it's mm. uh, it's uh, very grounding mm. I love what you said uh, before in a conversation we had that sometimes it can be really helpful to be doing something that you're not the expert in mm. and giving mm. other people that mm. sort of empowerment to be like, hey, I'm the student right now yeah. and I want you to teach yeah. me. I think there's a really beautiful lesson mm. there for different ways in which we can be sharing the gospel. Mm. We don't always have to be the experts. No, absolutely. You know, no. That can be yeah. a really helpful dynamic. It is, yeah. we got a fellow just joined us, a lovely guy, an architect. Mm. And I'm just interested, he's a guy who's at the top of his profession mm. and asking other fellows who don't have any professional competence but are very good wood turners, yeah. how do I do this now? What do I do here? So, yeah, it's, yeah it, it's a good experience, mate. I've just recognised none of us are omnicompetent. That's none it. of us are perfect. <laughs> we all need other people. Love it. Yeah. So mm. good. Well, as I said, thank you for your sermon yesterday. I think there were a lot of real practical takeaways mm. for it. And mm-hmm. I think really what I'd love to do is kind of go a bit deeper on some of those sure. practical takeaways and I loved when you were kind of referring to the cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. you obviously spoke that the writer in Hebrews is referring to sort of the the you know big figures of the Old Testament these you know Old mm-hmm. Testament mm-hmm. characters that are these cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. cheering them on mm-hmm. um, for us who are in a more sort of personal sphere yes. our cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. and you spoke about obviously the positive yes. people yes. who yes. encourage us but um, you brought something really insightful in that often our our maybe in in a mental mental cloud of witnesses mm. can be more critical yes. than helpful, yes. um, and that's definitely something that I think a lot of people can connect mm. with. I wonder mm. for people who feel like as they are trying to walk mm. with God and trying mm. to do what He's called for their mm. lives, experiencing a lot of that inner critic voices. Mm. How would you counsel them in dealing with that and mm. overcoming some of those unhelpful critics mm. in their head? Yeah, well, you're right. It is in their head, and often uh, it's something they've heard or been told that they that the person has told it didn't mean it to have the weight that it's finally had yeah. because we sort of suck that stuff up. We tend to suck up criticism more than we do praise. Mm. Um, I mean, all of us have you know got the essay back from the teacher, good work, but yeah. and we we read the 
what comes after the but with mm-hmm. a greater intensity than I think the, the positive stuff. But that that's part of our nature. Mm. I think it's a part of a kind of a Western uh, Australian culture anyway. Mm. Uh, we tend to be critics, uh, hard critics of ourselves yeah. and sometimes critical of others. So what do you do about that? It's a good question. Let, can I give you a brief illustration? Yeah. I was pastoring a church, uh, this church actually at that stage, <laughs> and there were two deacons in uh, in the church leadership, and one could say something to me, and which was potentially critical, but nothing. Sure. Another one would say something to me, and it it just impacted me. Yeah. So I went to my pastoral supervisor, actually, yeah. to my counsellor, my mentor, whatever you might have, a, a, th- a thoughtful person in your own life, and I just explained the situation. Mm. And what I recognised through that person's just wise counsel and encouragement was, I had a history of people who have been critical of me, mm. um, who I just gathered into this little kind of <laughs> critic team who yeah. sat on my shoulders. Sure. And this guy sort of fed into that. So when he said something, which wasn't necessarily overtly critical, as I said from someone else's mouth, but for some reason now he said it pressed my button. Yeah. So I had to start to do some work on that in terms of just... Mm just revisiting in fact some of those moments when people are critical of me and pull them out and open up and have a look at them were they really critical Mm. was that a fair comment Mm. i mean you know there were those sorts of things my dear mum said to me once uh keith he's talking about me and my older brother keith's Mm. the plotter david's the clever one right now that's a you know, and it's what's interesting. She probably said that was probably, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, maybe a bit later. But it's kind of interesting, mate, that I can drag that out. But all right. of us can drag that yeah. out, you know. Yeah. So, what I've got to do about it, I've almost got to go back to that 14 year old and say, mm. well, hang on, what was mum really saying? Yeah. Wasn't she saying that, yeah, stuff came quickly to David? Keith had to work harder, but at the end of the day, Keith's hard work was much more effective and productive yeah. than. David because David didn't do any hard work kind of thing yeah but so it was a sense of that and I guess so what I'm the core mode of honor so Murray is the best way to do with these people is to sit down with someone you trust and say hey I'm struggling with what someone said to me some years ago or even just last week yeah and I just need to test the veracity of that yeah is that is do you think that's real yeah. Uh, for me. Yeah. Otherwise, if I don't start to do that, then it embeds into my subconscious. Yeah. And it kind of can become a, a well, a giant. Yeah, it can fester for sure. Yeah, it sure can. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's a case of you. Know, who have I got in my world? Yeah. Who I can met, have a chat to about this. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yeah. I mean, you can do some of the work on your own, and mm. this council helped me do some of that work on my own. Yeah. In a way, but yeah, that there was the value. He gave me the insight to recognise that yeah. I need to yeah, pull it apart, have a look at it. Mm. Is this real? Isn't it real? Yeah, yeah. it's a lot mm. of wisdom there. I think definitely um, this idea of criticism. I, I was kind of hearing as you were talking, could, you could almost put it into three categories. One being a, a criticism that wasn't actually even intended as a criticism no. yep. and has really sort of latched into us. Yes. Another one that maybe wasn't meant as hurtful yes. <laughs> as it yes. was. And yep. then a third that maybe was sometimes. Yes. Yes. And being able to even just identify those differences can yes. be helpful. Yes. But then ultimately recognising that a lot of the time what one person is saying isn't even coming from them. It can often be coming from somewhere else and yes. your own issues. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, really, really... Mm-hmm hard work it's kind of i think of that analogy of a a splinter it usually hurts in the moment more to cut it open but in the long run it means you can actually use that hand again you know 
That's really great. Yeah. So I think mm. in all of that, when we've got this sort of um, work that we're doing, mm. uh, we've got the inner critics, but mm-hmm. we've also hopefully yeah. being part of other people's cloud mm. of witnesses. Yes. Um, yeah. I want to just speak life into you and, right. and Marilyn. You mm. guys are incredibly encouraging and always mm. speaking great encouragement mm. over me. Mm. And I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Mm. So I'd love to hear it from mm. the horse's mouth. Right. What does it look like for you, do you think, um, mm. to be practically cheering other on, to be part of, you know, people's cloud of witnesses in a positive way. Yeah, well, I think it's affirming people in a, in a positive way. Yeah. I think it's rec- particularly if you've been on a journey yourself and you know what, what the hurdles are, yeah. what the pitfalls are, yeah. uh, to be able to say to people as you see them, clear the hurdles yeah. you know, and avoid the pitfalls, yeah. uh, just, hey, great, good job, really yeah. appreciate that today. And I think in, in the world, I guess, that a lot of us work in, too, that the lovely way being able to say to someone, you know, what you said today really prompted me uh, mm. to do some more thinking. I really had a sense the Holy Spirit was using what you said. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as I said, Murray, in the sermon yesterday, you know, with that sermon you preached about, you know, what how we use our iPhones yeah, not yeah. well and encouraging us to go home and get rid of some apps yeah. well, as I said yesterday so it was kind of it's it's that it's yeah. the value and I think the important thing is for all of us who, who follow Jesus and want to serve him mm. it's the affirmation mm. that we're being used by him yeah. in ways uh, and sometimes as we do our things we we see other people doing great things we oh I'm not like them yeah. but the truth is often our words or things we're doing are really really investing in other people's lives to yeah. keep them going yeah you know there's the, the story of um you know the, the shoe salesman who brought deal moody to faith you know mm. we don't know who we don't know that man's name yeah but anyone who's read any american church history knows deal yeah. moody yeah and the impact so I, I, again it's that kind of you never really know but mm. there's a sense of how do we just encourage people we mm. see i mean it you see it importantly in kids. How do we affirm kids? Mm. Even though the room's messy, you know, whatever, but there's, hey, mate, really, it was great what you did there. Yeah. How do we build people up? And of course, the scripture says it doesn't. We should use, James talks about the tongue, you know, we use yeah. it to build people up, not to tear people down. Yeah. Trouble if we live in a society where, uh, you know, we're so much tearing down of people, either yeah. you know, verbally or, you know, digitally and I think it's yeah, how do we counter that so yeah mm. I, I just honestly believe it's a concern well it's a sense of recognizing that good people spoke into my world yeah how do I speak into other people's worlds yeah. how do I encourage them mm. yeah I, I mean look I think there's the power of words on both sides to mm. both build up and, and tear yeah, down yeah um, and I, I think that yeah, one thing that you kind of touch on there, which is really fascinating, I think that it's no secret Australians as a culture can be particularly guilty hmm. of tearing down. I know yes. Brian has shared in the past, hmm. he's sort of, you know, been in different places, interacting with people from different cultures, yeah. and they literally thought him and someone else hated each other. Yes. When really that was yes. the, almost their love language of, yeah, of, of roasting yep. each other. Yep. And it is a kind of a, a tricky tension. And yes. Yeah, I kind of, it's something I'm still sort of yes. journeying with because I know that I've got some very old friends that mm. that is almost the way yes. that yeah. someone feels most seen when mm. you kind mm. of call them out a little bit in yes. that way. Is there anything for you um, that you have thoughts around how we as Christians can engage with a culture of sort of Australian cynicism and sarcasm mm-hmm. and mm. what that looks like in the tension of wanting to be encouraging and build people up, mm. but still be real and genuine and yeah. in the world, but not of the world? How yeah. do you sort of see that tension being played out? 
Well, I think it's the recognition that it's there. And I think, you know, yeah. I agree with you, the recognition that particularly Australian male culture yeah. has been, we, we prove you're a genuine friend by how rude we are to you. <laughs> yeah. And I must admit, I've had to explain that to some American colleagues yeah. who've been with Australians uh, together. And so, no, 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 that's because he really likes me, you. <laughs> yeah. you know, if he didn't like you, he probably wouldn't make comment about you at yeah, all. I teach so, the people I love. So there is a sense of, it's like contextualisation almost, isn't it? Yeah. You know, okay, what's the context, what's the appropriate thing to do with in this place yeah. uh, in terms of wanting to affirm someone in a way which is uh, positive. I, I, I guess, Murray, over time you, you, you learn yeah. um, how to do that well and sometimes even with those close friends who you referenced to, it's even, but sometimes it's lovely just to affirm the fact, yeah, we do do that to each other, yeah. but we really are good mates and yeah. particularly if it's someone who's a fellow traveller with Jesus, well, and, yes. and, and man, I really value the common journey we have together, yeah. even though it doesn't stop us. Well, you might have heard Brian and I, we've had a long For journey sure. and so sometimes we'll bat each other yes. a bit. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, so so I'm not I'm I'm not saying we ought to give up our uh, divest ourselves of who we are. Yeah. But we we ought to recognise that in some places it'll be badly misunderstood. So mm. be careful of the context mm. um, and just be aware, and also be aware of other people. Some people are quite can be quite sensitive. Yeah. And therefore, it's an inappropriate thing yeah. to maybe say something in a way which is humorous and critical, sure. uh, but not necessarily helpful. So yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah, just trying to get a better sense of who am I actually talking to? Do I know them that well? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I, th- I love that idea of, you know, even if it's maybe for some people a teaspoon of dirt, sometimes like having that pinch of sugar in there, yes. even for those friends who yes. probably can take it. I um, yeah. keep on coming back to it's not the most original or, you know, um, unique idea, but the compliment sandwich hmm. of if you're going to, yeah. whether in jest yes. or yes. in a more constructive yeah. way, yeah. criticize someone, hmm. how can you top mm. and bottom end that with mm. life-giving affirmation and encouragement mm. maybe that even in yes. sort of friendly yeah. sarcasm can yeah. be a helpful model to look at well it's got biblical principle uh, precedent i mean i think many of paul's letters are exactly aren't they yes. you know he begins with this uh, kind of wonderful picture and then by the halfway through the letter but often then it's it's kind of, yeah, yes. uh, there's a sense of being very direct about some criticism or some behaviour that needs to be addressed. Yeah. So you're right. But, yeah, very few of his letters are, are absolutely condemning of everything. In fact, I, no. I can't think of any that are. Yeah. But you're right. I think it's a, it's a good principle to say, yeah, yeah. How, do I, how do I say this in a way which, if, if I think it's important to be said, how do I say it in a way that yeah. it will be heard rather yeah. than it will be dismissed? Yeah. Um, so I think, and that's often, people don't think about that probably when they're, Maybe when there's a moment when they want to say something, this maybe a bit could sound a bit harder. Mm. But sometimes it's got to be hard conversations. Mm. But yeah, how do I say it? Perhaps in a way which mm. I might feel good. I've said it, but has it helped them? Well, yeah. if it doesn't help them. What was the point of saying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You um in your sermon uh, identified some people who maybe even unintentionally were a great cloud of witnesses mm. for you. I believe Betty Anderson and Dave Groves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the yeah two people who seem like they've achieved some pretty amazing things yes, in, in yeah. their lives for yeah. the glory of God. Yeah. Um, it can seem almost a bit intimidating with examples yeah. like that yeah. when such impressive people who've yes. done such great things. Yes. I was wondering, obviously we have these people that we look up to mm. and who encourage us and we mm. recognize even in their imperfection, mm. do great mm. things through God. How do we then identify our own sort of purpose and God's mm. plan 
for our lives. Mm. I know that mm. um, that can be something that can mm. seem very overwhelming at times. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, in in essence, at the core, ask God. Mm. Show you. I mean, the scriptures say he's, he's a father who loves us and he wants to give us good things. And, and he's not a father who hides behind a bush or say, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, yeah. I'm not going to really tell you yet. <laughs> but you often, I found in my own life journey, as I just seek the Lord's direction, uh, and that's been intentional actually from my, when I first come to faith, the mm. sense of Jesus inviting me, uh, Keith, this is the way to go. You can go this way. You've got the choice, go the other way. Yeah. From that point on, there has been an intentionality to say, well, Lord, what does that mean for us? And so yeah. for me, it didn't mean I changed career projections. I was you know, doing a commercial degree with law and accounting was going that way. And mm. I really felt God at that point called me out of that into teaching. Mm. Uh, which is something I said I would never do when I left school, never sure. join the enemy, goodness no. <laughs> so I just, I think, Murray, the, the simple answer is ask him yeah. and he'll tell you. Yeah. But he mightn't tell you right at this moment yeah. because he knows you're not ready. Because mm. if he sort of said to David Groves, when David was, what, maybe 22, David, yeah. you're going to end up leading Baptist World Aid Australia, David would have said, not likely. Yeah. And my own experience would be exactly the same. I, um, you know, there was, there's a sense of, I was very happy being a high school teacher, but mm. felt this compulsion by Jesus. And in fact, then, as we threw that up and talked about it, then the scripture spoke to us about it. Yeah. You know, Marilyn and I were reading... We happen to be reading Abraham, mm. <laughs> you know, leave country, yeah. we're in Riverina, wow. and that was the sense of coming back. But even then, let me be honest too, that for me it's often often a case of I'm quite reluctant mm. because I'm, I I want this to be what God wants me, not what Keith wants me to do. Yeah. But And then even when God tells me, I still don't trust it. Yeah. <laughs> so, But God's been very, very patient with me. So I just say to people, you want to know what God wants you to do? Mm. Just stay in the Scriptures. Yeah. Give yourself the chance to hear what God is saying to you. Listen. Mm. Lord, I really want to know. Uh, and I'm, I'm open, maybe journal stuff. I'm thinking this, if that's a practice, which is a helpful practice for some people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, obviously talk to wise people. I mean, mm. even once you have a sense, I think God's called me to be a missionary to darkest Africa. Yeah. You probably need to talk to some people about sure. that first. Yeah. Don't go and buy a plane ticket no, straight no, away. Yeah. No, even though <laughs> you know, I have met people who have almost sure. operated like that. Sure. Or other people who said, I think I want to go to Africa. And we've said, well, let's pray about it. Oh, no. So they've refused. So, sure. so I would say to people, we're not in this on our own. Jesus calls us into community. So. Yeah. Who are the people in my community? Yeah. And even now, I have a group of, of uh, intercessors, and some don't know they are. Well, if you like, they're my affirmation team, or yes. they're the team I go to. And I'll just say, uh, you know, and be talking about something, and I'm listening. Mm. And Lord, are you going to use them to speak to me about whether this is what I should do or not do? So, yeah. Yep. Almost your curated cloud of witnesses yes. going back yeah. to them. and Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I call it my discernment group. Yeah. Even they, some, some know they're in my discernment group sure. and others wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, but yeah. The convert, for, for me, I want to, yeah, I, I generally want to hear what God wants you to do because I don't want to miss it. Yeah. Because it's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just say, uh, yeah. So listen. Hey, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Mm. Then be listening and putting yourself in the places to hear what the Lord wants you to do. So read your scriptures, listen to sermons, listen to podcasts. Mm. And thirdly, have a group of people around you who you trust. Yeah. You can say, well, look, I'm just wondering about this. I'm at the end of some of, of this part of my journey at university mm. or whatever it happens to be or, yeah. or work situation. I'm just wondering, what should I do? Yeah. 
I think that's really helpful, Keith, because I think it really, again, reinforces the importance of a church community and yep. even a small group community. Yep. Yep. And I think that yep. um, time and time again, mm-hmm. we're living in an era of Christianity that will have you believe that you can do it solo because there's so yep. many online resources yep. and there yep. you can, mm-hmm. you know, have this sort of independent mm. spirituality mm-hmm. that is mm. really never the model from the scriptures and yep. really never the model that Jesus never. laid out. I mean, mm. you know, there's a reason he hung around with 12 guys for yes. most of his ministry. Yes. Um, so yeah. I think that's really a helpful reminder, maybe even for people who don't have those strong mm. Christian mm. connections in their life of people who mm. they can trust and yes. whose counsel they can rely on yep. to encourage them to step into that and yep. try to make some more of those connections and have that support yes. network. Yes. Um, I think it's really yeah. helpful. So we kind of had this um, really, really helpful imagery. Um, I love this idea of with things which might um, stumble or, or, or trip, trip us mm. over, make us stumble. Mm. Um, you kind of use this analogy of weeds mm. and this idea that mm. if you don't get to weeds early enough, mm. I know I've experienced this in my own garden, <laughs> they very quickly become mm. a bit out of control and mm. much harder mm-hmm. to you know mm. rip out, much messier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there was two things I liked about that. And the first thing was... The idea that we're never finished projects, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it's a continual Mm -hmm. coming back daily and looking at our garden, you know, in a metaphorical sense and seeing Mm -hmm. what needs to be pulled Mm -hmm. out today and maybe what needs to be planted as well. But um, you used obviously this analogy of weeds as try and pull them out early. Don't let them sort of grow too long. Weeds are a lot harder to see when they're smaller. So what would yeah. your advice be for us in mm-hmm. how to identify some of those sapling weeds, mm-hmm. some of those small mm-hmm. things in our life that mm-hmm. should be pulled out before they become maybe more problematic? Yeah. Well, part of it is just the experience okay, yeah. of, of, of your own life journey experience of recognising, for me, this is a weed, which yeah. can be difficult for, for others. This is not the same problem for them. Yeah. So, I mean, even you, let's take an issue of say something so obvious like alcohol. Yeah. Okay, for for some people, you know, they, they're sensible drinkers, they have one or two drinks, they stop. Yeah. Okay, so it's potential problem for them. Yeah. But but for another person, it's it, it becomes, and, and that person knows. Mm. So for me then, I know there's some weeds for me that I need to be more vigilant about. Mm. Because experience has taught me that if I let that continue, yeah. then uh, I recognise how it causes dysfunction in my for myself and the people around me, and I recognise oh that's that's why. Mm-hmm. And it might be just simple things like I'm really watching too much television, so I'm not getting sure. good night's sleep, so I wake up really crabby, yeah, uh, and that impacts my marriage relationship, etc. So yeah. I have to tone that down. Now I might have started it because I was really tired and I just wanted to. to to unwind, but actually watching telly is not the best way to unwind. In sure. a way. But so it's a, it's a learned experience, I think, yeah. of of uh, that, and and particularly with uh, things like potential pornography and other stuff. That the trouble with that is it's so subtle. Yeah. Right? So it's a just a, it's a tele program. Yeah. On Channel Seven or Channel Nine or something, and I'm just watching it. Yeah. But then the question's got to come: Yes, but what, where does that take you next in your head? And does that mean then you move on to something else? Yeah. So 
then you've got to recognize how that's working in you. So then I say, okay, I recognize this is now getting stronger. So this mm. this weed is starting to, its roots are getting stronger. So I need to do something about that. Yeah. And part of it is just simply like in our own gardens, maybe we recognize, is that a weed or not? But yeah. I, 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 so I don't deal with it. And I come back in the next growing season, suddenly yeah. I've got a massive problem because not only is it growing, but it's, yeah. populated my, yes. my garden you know yeah. so I think it is that and then of course there's the wisdom of other gardeners yeah who say man <laughs> you know that's that's not necessarily going to be helpful yeah you know? so maybe you want, want to think about that yeah I, my caution there is we need to we need to be careful but just because it's a problem for me doesn't make it a problem for them it's really good so sometimes we can be hyper vigilant for other people when actually it's our own issue that mm. we need to do it with and we can be less vigilant for them but particularly as we're raising children yeah. your case grandchildren in my case you know there's a sense of wanting to be able to help them to recognize yeah you know if you keep persisting that behavior mm. it's 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 not going to be helpful for you mm. but for me personally yeah it's, it's well i'm a fair way on the journey now so i've been in the garden for a while i should have learned something <laughs> well i'm quite amazing mate <laughs> you want now come on here again yeah and i apologize and on sunday i in the in the i i had on the screen i don't know if it came out of the scripture one corinthians mm. you know no temptation has overtaken us it's not common to man but god mm. in his graciousness has given us a way of escape mm. and and i think for me uh, that's just really a critical way mm. so n- none of the weeds are unique to me yeah and wonderful thing is god knows the weeds in my patch yeah and he gives me a way Mm. Uh, to escape it. And I just are so grateful that we worship a Heavenly Father mm. with that sort of graciousness toward us, mate. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, just yeah. Yep, watch your weeds. <laughs> uh, well, I, I love that sort of, you know, I suppose declaration to bring God into it. Cause, mm. And again, that's somewhat leading the jury on this question, <laughs> but w- what is the difference for you between weeding solo and inviting <laughs> Jesus into our garden yeah. to help us pull those weeds out? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's the honest kind of sitting, making yourself open to the work of the Holy Spirit to identify things, so to prompt the conscience, if yeah. you like, you know, um, that, uh, you know, that this is something that, Keith, we've been here before, mm. and now we're here again. What's yeah. going on here, mate? You know, yeah. what, what's... what's what are you not dealing with here? Maybe there's something here you need to deal with, with someone with more professional competence. Maybe yeah. again, it's an issue to take up with a, with a, with a peer if they're if they're insightful. But yeah. again, uh, I've got to say, Murray, I've benefited so much from having someone external to me as yeah. a as a. In my life, so pastoral supervisor, call what you will. Yeah. Um, who just I can go to, who mm. knows me well enough to be able to say, I'm not sure. Well, he doesn't say to me, Keith, I think you're having yourself on. He mm. rephrased, said, Keith, let me just put it this way. Uh, and if you wanted to, you could disagree with me. What he's saying to you, Keith, what you're saying is probably mm. you, 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 you're fooling yourself a bit. And we've mm. all got a great ability, mate, to con mm. ourselves. So I'm, I, I want to deepen my journey with Jesus so that I'm more open to his prompting through the work of the Holy Spirit mm. and then be open to, in fact, the, you know, the others in the garden right, mm. who can help me along the way as well. Mm. Mm. I can't help but think of the parable of the sower and how really it's about the soil itself. Yes. I um, read something interesting the other day that quite often if a dandelion's growing up somewhere, mm-hmm. um, it's because there's nothing else that can actually grow in that soil because it's so compacted. Yes. And I love what you're saying yeah. there that quite often what we see as the the weed, maybe the leaves of the weed, yes. is actually symptomatic of a soil problem, a heart problem, yes. or a, you know, a, 
much deeper problem yeah. than just what we see on the surface yeah. and what yeah. is ultimately yeah the yes. symptom of yeah. the issue I think yeah. it's really wise and yeah that that requires a lot of deep reflection and yeah wisdom from others <laughs> and, and and it's not something a lot of us come to quickly yeah uh, i mean i've always been a little bit envious of those people who are much more reflective than i am <laughs> yeah. but that's not my personality type yeah i was relieved when i finally got to understand myself better yeah um, because then i realized that i needed um you know that that was okay yeah i worked with a colleague who was such a, a meditative reflective person mm. and i still have a bit to do with him and he still is and i just envy his capacity to get into that space yeah but what i've learned is you know i have to get into that space i have mm. to work harder yeah and that's why yesterday i mentioned the um, you know, lectio 365 yeah. which is a really helpful uh, app available and and because it it's it's structured in the sense that okay there's a scripture reading and then there's a quiet period for prayer and yeah. meditation and it's built into the into the the daily program yeah so i mean i can sit there and not meditate while i'm waiting for the next session to, to sort of coffee to, yeah. to, to start up again but so i've found that it's been good for me because i need that because i i want to be what, what's yeah. next what i've got to do yeah and so i've recognized i need to give myself permission by using this app to sit quietly yeah it's okay keith you can sit quietly you don't have to be doing something all the time yeah because that's that's my nature so so for me, it's it's also self-learning, self-understanding, and then finding things that help you in the areas where you need to be strengthened. Sure. So my shadow side, not being a very meditative, means I need yeah. to work harder in that space. Yeah. And so I found this app, but in that way, or this, you know, well, the app, the the Bible reading methodology really really helpful yeah and that's why i recommend it yes in fact i don't care what people use sure. as long as you're you're doing something which makes you think about god that yeah. gets your focus back on jesus and if i'm not doing a daily reading of some sort then where in my day is my focus on jesus going to come it's not going to come from the culture around me probably yeah. Yeah. certainly not from mass media yeah so how do i feed my you know that old story about the eskimo man who had two dogs a white dog and a black dog and you know he, he was gaming and you yeah. know and so one dog he pit one dog against the other sure and, and um, you know the white dog would win, the black dog would win. He made sure. money, and they yeah. said, "Well, how did you? How do you know?" He said, "Well, it depends on which dog I feed." <laughs> yeah, and that's the truth. But is am, am I feeding my spiritual reality, yeah. or am I feeding something else? The yeah. other part of me, and we've all got that struggle. I mean, Paul says himself, oh, "I struggle. Oh, I'm yeah. going to do the right thing." Yeah, none of us are going to be free of that. Yeah. Until we're perfected by the work of Jesus, either mm. in He comes or in our in our yeah. own death and resurrection, so I I I live comfortably with that reality, even though it's still a struggle. Yeah. So I need to feed. Yeah. Uh, my you know the yeah. better Keith. Yeah. And I need to try and restrict the diet for yeah. the, for the for the negative Keith. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah. So really yeah. Helpful. So which dog am I feeding? That's awesome. And look, Keith, I, I don't think that you'd be alone at all, uh, especially in Sydney, in a, you know, somewhat getting into metropolitan area of people who live in a rush, a cycle and pattern yeah. and rhythm. Yeah. I think even to the point where yeah. in a large way it's rewarded yes. <laughs> for being in that, you know, oh, that yeah, productivity yeah. and sort mm. of your output is mm-hmm. the uh, the ultimate thing. Yep. It's the end yep. goal. And ultimately, yes. the more you rush, the more you're, yep. you know, constantly on, hmm. the more you're going yep. to in maybe an economic sense or whatever it is, hmm. um, yeah, produce. But hmm. I wonder, um, I'd love for you almost to try to take you into a slightly meditative state for a second yes. and just ask um, for those 
those who might be listening who mm-hmm. meditation is maybe a dirty word mm. or maybe just mm. a cringy word or mm. something mm. which is just foreign to them. Mm. Um, what does that state actually do for you? If you could kind of explain it mm. more specifically, mm-hmm. how does your mm-hmm. entire sort of world change when you are mm. able to fall into that state? Yeah. Well, what happens, Murray, is for me... Um, is the sense that I've actually said, Lord, I'm in this space to be with you. And for me personally, and it's different for everyone up here, I I inevitably get a lovely shiver down my spine, Mm. um, which just says, there's no words. So it's it's almost, it's just a place, a quiet, present place. And it might only last, uh, well, depending on the on how the app operates yeah. it might be a minute two minutes three minutes um, but yeah that that for me is just that everything else disappears mm. so the, the 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 distractions which have kept me even as I may be listening to the scripture being read and thinking about oh you know something else we all have that great capacity to do all that mm. suddenly all that just goes and I find myself in this sort of this a cocoon space if you'd mm. like it's almost like being in a soundproof room for a moment and it's just me and my god and you know it's it's a lovely space uh, to be in um, but you've got to work at it mm. for that for those of us who are less inclined to find those spaces mm. you, you just you've got to find ways mm. and means and that's why i, I recommend that like the 365 because it just does that I've been in other places and I sometimes think oh why can't I replicate that for myself more Mm. and but yeah for me this is it's been very valuable mate I'm so grateful actually I think it was Morris Cattell here at church about three years ago probably mentioned it and uh, I quickly clicked onto it and I found it yeah I, I've always done script, well historically always done scripture in daily reading um, and I've valued that discipline yeah but it do, it's never really led me to a meditative state yeah because you know you read the scripture there's some suggested comments about that and you pause and they say you might want to pray now so well thank you Lord for that and now let's go on with the day yeah whereas this methodology actually as a part of it causes you to pause in it mm. and you haven't finished it till you've done your pause you yeah. know so that's why I've I value it for me personally yeah um, yeah others others who are well into meditation might look oh, it's a bit trite but you know yeah. that's okay I'm yeah if you're down the track that's great yeah <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so I find it but that that's that's for me it's, it's a lovely it's a lovely space where really all the questions almost disappear mm. and all the promptings are just uh, there's a quiet quiet space mm. love that yeah Thanks, Keith. Well, look, we are, yeah, you you kind of, I suppose, framed this sermon around a sort of like halftime, you know, in a game. So I'm I'm hoping that, you know, in the spirit of Ted Lasso or some other famous, you know, coach that we're all feeling inspired to go in the second half. I know I am. So thank you very much. And thanks. I did say to some friends, mate, for them, it's probably three quarter time where we're getting to in life. But anyway, but nonetheless, you know, we're still on the journey, which is a lovely privilege, I Appreciate it, Keith. Thanks heaps for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you, Murray. See you guys Sunday. Yes. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you 
as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.